and welcome back to It's Symbolic Something Something Segway. I'm Jacob Savage. I'm here. I'm Ben. And this week, I changed the topic for this week like three times because I was afraid that it was going to be too extreme, only then I forgot just some of the aspects of what I ended up settling on. You really pulled a fast one on yourself there. <laughs> I, I did. I... I, I I just remembered it being, well, not necessarily brighter, but at least the well-known part. Whoops. But here we are, all the same. Yeah. We're going to power through this together. Yes. We're going to power through Cat Soup, also known as Nekujiru. Not bad. That, that pronunciation wasn't bad. Yeah, this episode is going to be full of untranslated Japanese, so I apologize in advance if I, I make any mispronunciations. For some reason, I try to pronounce Japanese like I'm speaking French. Maybe that's because you know French and not Japanese. No is a bit of a loose term. <laughs> God, this... Okay... Were you familiar at all with this one? At all? Either of um, you? Uh, I definitely had heard the name, cat, the title Cat Soup, and I'd seen the, like, bits and pieces of the work that it's based off of, or at least the works of Nekorijiru, uh, the cartoonist. Yeah. Um, but otherwise not really... Uh, I'm in the same boat. I had heard the name. I had also seen out of context, like, panels and pages from the manga version. I hadn't ever connected the two. I didn't know they were the same thing. That's what they were talking about. But I was <laughs> familiar to that extent. All right. I mean, personally, I came across the film in either late high school or early college, I want to say. I, I don't recall exactly okay, that's, when. That's a lot earlier than I did. Yeah. You know, it's anim odd animation circles. Wait, I guess we should actually get into the topic instead of dancing around it. You should, yes. Yeah. All right. So Nekujiru was the pen name of Chiyomi Hasiguchi, born 1967, who actually began working on manga after a desire to help her husband, who was in the industry. However, that didn't exactly work out, so she just started making her own. <laughs> it's actually unclear if it's something she ever wanted to do. She spoke a lot about leaving it all behind. It's not something that someone who really wants to be in the field is probably going to be doing, so. Yeah. But... Wait, her first work, Nekajiro Udon premiered in 1990 in the manga anthology Garo, and actually achieved pretty much instant popularity, which is odd because she published her... Her first work is in one of the published collections, and 
it is literally about a cat taking her child to a soup chef, insisting that he's a doctor, and insisting that he neuter the child. Which pretty much sets the tone for everything that's going to be said for the rest of this episode. Hmm. Not, not even in Lamb Lies Down on Broadway have we had to deal with the punchline, Well, you got his balls, but he died. <laughs> it's a good line. Yeah, but... The defining feature, of course, is that all of her lead characters are drawn as cats, with the exception of a single chapter in one of her compilations. So, hmm. as a result, you've got this cute style where the major focus was a sort of dichotomy between childhood innocence and cruelty, which I'll get into in greater detail in a bit, but a lot of the works especially the earlier stuff has been likened to small town nostalgia of the 60s and 70s which is a bit odd considering that's not where she was from wait wait where was she from then um i don't it, it's not really the small town aspect as much as the point that people are just like ah this reminds me of this period before she was born oh yeah you know what that that, that does check out actually <laughs> Yeah, unless she was a time traveler, which I highly doubt. <laughs> well, who can say? Furthermore, a lot of the work had a bit of a surreal aspect to it, which she apparently based upon her own dreams. Yeah, so I... uh, reading <clears throat> the original manga, it did have a very dreamlike quality to it. Yeah, it, there's a lot of odd things, but none of it really gets remarked upon. Yeah. I suppose every ten episodes now, we're just going to be covering works based off of the dreams of Japanese women. <laughs> well, you're going to need to note that for a couple of months from now. Yeah. Despite the early works mostly being one-off vignettes, consistent characters soon began to appear. Namely, the siblings Nyako and Nyata. Nyako, the older, was, depending on the adaptation or translation... Either the sister of the two, or a boy whose parents could only afford girls' clothing. <laughs> and Nyata was their younger brother, who, in most adaptations, can only say the words Nya or Baka. I mean, yeah, it, that's that's a cat. Yeah, if you don't know basic Japanese, either Meow or Stupid. <laughs> and these children are just terrible in general. Most of the individual chapters revolve around them insulting and in some cases assaulting complete strangers. <laughs> causing mean, mayhem, you know, petty thievery. It's not like that's that uncommon for actual children. <laughs> like, yeah. I I wasn't the sort of child who would have gone around and insulted people because I would have been absolutely mortified of talking to like anyone. At all, but I'm almost definitely... 24, and I'm still afraid of that. <laughs> well, yes, most definitely. But there's definitely the fair share of children out there who, you know, know no filter whatsoever. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe again, it's different. Small town Japan, a bit more free range, <laughs> perhaps. Than... It's it's just a hellhole down there. They just all the kids are going crazy and insulting people and. <laughs> You can't walk around without a hat, because they'll make fun of your bald spots. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, no. The 
the whole area is like a John Mulaney stand-up routine. <laughs> Which one are we talking about? Any given one? Well, that joke fell flat. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Over time, other characters began to be introduced, namely their parents, the mother of whom was wrought upon by her children's poor behavior and would beat them on a regular basis. Oh. And their father, who was an unemployed drunkard who never said a word. Furthermore, there's various humans who mostly serve as targets for the children's derision. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're in a world of cats, it's sort of like, who needs humans? Yeah. Despite this not necessarily being a fairy tale setting, they are acknowledged as cats. Yeah. Yes. Like, one yeah. adaptation outright just says, okay, cat and dog children, you don't need to go to school. Just learn to read and write. <laughs> <laughs> and then later chapters also introduced pigs, who everyone was racist towards now featuring pigs yeah i'm serious it's probably a parallel for some sort of real world racism it is very uncomfortable to look at they eat these pigs Mm, yeah again it's very dreamlike very cruel i felt incredibly uncomfortable reading it boy i was just because I read a bit of it, you sent us Nekojiru Udon, and I read some of that, and yeah, there there were some racist slurs in that, too, now that I'm thinking about it. Mm. I mean, I guess I don't know what it was originally, so it might have been a fairly liberal translation, because God knows that fan translators have the habit of, uh, mm. how, how could I put this, spicing things up? <laughs> Making things stronger than necessary. <laughs> yes. Dropping the F-bomb lots. <laughs> Kekaku means plan. <laughs> no, I mean simply based off of uh, the, the 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 content, the drawn content. I wouldn't really put any strong language as being too far out there for this. <laughs> yeah, one of the most commonly cited comics involves the children setting up a sort of court in their backyard, oh, where yeah, yeah, they would charge various insects with the crime of being insects, and then gas them to death. Boy, it's, it just occurred to me, is is that supposed to be like a concentration camp joke? I, I don't know. I, I It didn't hit me until you said it, but Jesus. For shame, Nakajiru. <laughs> for shame. And again, these children were just awful to insects in general. One chapter revolved around them eating snails, so. Well, yeah. Snails are snails. Snails are tasty. True. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I mean, neither would I. I, I I'm just agreeing because I'm a I'm the only classy one here. I'm the only one with a wide palate here. <laughs> but in addition, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick up any live snails. I. I mean, you know what I'm talking about here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. In addition to the Nekajiro comics, she also did a bunch of drawn journals where, interestingly, she would draw herself as Nyako. Everyone else was just a human. And Oh, that were... does make more sense now. I was kind of confused about that. Yeah, it was, again, very unpleasant. A lot of the details, which were yep. apparently from her actual life, were disconcerting, awful. To quote 
her from an interview. She once said, I sometimes think I'm synchronized with weirdos. <laughs> and again, What's wrong with that? Then again, I can't give her too much credit because I'm pretty sure she literally used pictures of corpses in one of her comics. Oh. Hmm. Maybe don't do that. Yeah, there's a lot of problems here. Yeah. You could just throw this one on the pile. Despite this, it became a barely big hit in Japan. There was a ton of merchandise. Her career was taking off, and Nyako and Nata were actually going to appear in commercials for Tokyo Electric. But... That seems like kind of dark source material to use for something yeah. for such general audiences. I mean, I guess you, there's been other similar cases before, but this is just really objectionable stuff. Yeah, I mean... They're cute cats. What do you expect? I suppose. But yes, unfortunately, Nekajiro committed suicide in May of 1998. Most of her work was published posthumously. And the series was continued after her death by Hajime Yamano, her husband. Hmm. And from what I can tell, it's still going on to some degree. Yeah, because I had seen that she had committed suicide, but I remember it thinking I'd seen some more recent stuff. So, no, that just... Sorry, those are just a few things clicking in my head. Yeah. The popularity of the series actually continued for a few years despite this. And as far as hmm. I can tell, the leads were actually sort of minor cultural icons of a sort in the late 90s, early 2000s. Hmm, no kidding. There is a documentary out there, The Death of Nekujiru, where it just shows tons of merchandise being sold and a lot of people that they interview actually can't explain why they like it <laughs> it's, i mean cute cats like you said i guess yeah one said that it's cute but it's really cruel at the same time so i guess <laughs> oh. she was just sort of a precursor to early flash <laughs> oh my God. are you saying it's the happy tree friends of its time I, I'm not joking. When I was doing research, those videos kept on popping up and recommended. Wow. I mean, fuck, I can't really argue against that, you know? I feel like Happy Tree Friends is sort of more just like, this is sort of getting further into conclusions, but that's more like violence for violence sake, whereas Neko Judo is a lot more like nihilistic in nature. Oh, of course. I haven't seen Happy Tree Friends, for clarification, but that's the impression I get. I, I used to watch it, which tells you everything you needed to know about me in middle school. But, <laughs> oh, come on. It's not like I was any better. But I honestly consider Cat's Hoop and Nekajitter to be a bleaker work. Because in that one, in the American work, it's just poor luck on everyone's part. Nobody's coming out of it any better. I mean, certainly nobody's winning, but in Nekajiro, people are winning. It's generally pretty bad people. Yeah. Which actually brings are me there to... Any okay. Are there any good people in it? I, mean, I guess there's Why relatively innocent people. The further aspects of the franchise, and we'll find out. Let's. In 1999, it actually got an anime series, Nekajiro Gekijo. Gekijo. That was pretty good. Yeah, translated is Cat Soup Theater. It consists of 27 two-minute episodes, and it aired as a segment of... Get ready. Bakusho Mandai no Bas Kiara-o, which was as 
far as I can tell, a variety show that was hosted by a popular comedy duo. Yeah, this, that sort of thing's not uncommon, having those sort of uh, cartoon interstitials during variety shows. Yeah, of I remember course. fairly recently one that was a bit, that gained a bit more popularity in the West relatively was uh, there was a Parappa the Rapper one that just came out like a year or two ago. Oh, yeah. We just give no love to the Parappa the Rapper series from the 90s. <laughs> Early 2000s, whatever. Yeah. But as far as I can tell, this was based off of the later manga. A lot of the episodes were more down-to-earth. So was this planned prior to her suicide? I don't know. Hmm. But it is absolutely brutal. Really? There is a body count at least in the dozens. <laughs> Nobody is saying, children die on screen. But I mean, they have to draw the... If it's something that televised, they can't go as far as, like, mutilated genitalia like they have in the comics. Oh, true, but at the same time... I, mean, I, still, I honestly like, don't remember that part of the comics. It was in the one that you sent us. Maybe I blocked it from my memory. <laughs> okay, you know what? That's valid. You mentioned it earlier. The cat mom <laughs> taking her son to the udon. Oh, shit. Yeah, so. you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I, I was thinking of the main Oh, series. no, no, no. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, I'm glad that now we can be sure that you have that mental image in full. So we can continue <laughs> along with this conversation. You're welcome. Look, all my cats are girls. I don't have to deal with this shit. <laughs> Every few episodes, someone dies. So you see children get killed rather violently. At one point, the leads eviscerate someone. Like, blood and everything? Or is this yes, all, like, off-screen? Ah, okay. <laughs> okay. They're cats. They're chewing on it. It's not pleasant. That sounds a bit more, like... <laughs> full-on grotesque than what I've seen of the comics, though. No, like, it's not... The, the violence isn't as overblown. I mean, I guess I say that, but at the same time, there was a comic about, like, a woman getting cut up. But that still seems like a, a different angle. It almost it feels like... It's a very different kind of violence. Yeah, it's it feels like... like it's more playing up. Like, it's like a, you know going back to, like, a Happy Tree Friend or a Mortal Kombat-type violence thing, where it's, like, very yeah. glorified. Which is sort of interesting, because, like I said, I think it's based off of the later manga. I could only find the early stuff. Ah, but, okay. Maybe there's a tonal shift, yeah. Yeah, it's actually very close, though not necessarily in content. It's very close in tone to the original comics. I see. I mean, there's no continuity either. The same kid dies, like, three or four times, but... <laughs> It'd be like that. Shit, I just realized. Um, it's the South Park of Japanese animation. No, let's oh. not say that, actually. No, no. <sighs> I was gonna say it can be, um... You know that one... That one Tom and Jerry short where Tom dies a bunch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Only a bit uh, more... It's like a bad YouTube parody of that episode. Yeah. No, you yeah, know, it's one where he has like nine. I mean, I guess this just. I could have just said they cats have nine lives, so it's okay. But uh. Uh. See, I <laughs> never, I never really liked Tom and Jerry, so I don't remember any of the shorts like in specifics. 
<laughs> That's Are you fair. telling me that when I sat you down and showed you Tom and Jerry and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, it meant <laughs> nothing to you? I can't believe that none of the explicit gore and violence and death in that really resonated with you. I can't believe you don't remember any of that. <laughs> to be fair, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is really violent, especially the musical it's, adaptation. Yep, of course. Of course, Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> Can we go through a single episode, musical or non-musical, without you mentioning some musical in some capacity? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we are very off track. <laughs> My bad. But I suppose following this, I don't know how it happened really, but the more well-known, at least in the West, adaptation, since I believe it was really the only one to get localized, is the 2001 OVA, Nekojiro So, translated to Nekojiro Grass and hmm. released in the U.S. as Cat Soup. Interestingly enough, a lot of this was actually taken from earlier stuff in the manga. So everything yeah. is... Yeah, I did actually... recognize it. Yeah, so a lot of it is credited to Nekajiro herself. However, the Screenplay was written by director Tatsuo Sato, probably best known by this point for his first series, Martian successor Nadesico. I've never heard of it, but Wikipedia says it's the most known. And What do you think is the most known? To be honest, this. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> At least in the West. Okay, well that's not much of a handy point of reference for me. <laughs> I mean, he also did Bodacious Space Pirates, if that floats your boat. No, still don't know. <laughs> I'm a lost cause when it comes to anime, so... Screenplay was also written, and the director actually heaps a lot of the credit onto art director Masaaki Yuasa, who is known in animation circles for his very inconsistent and wild visual style. His best-known works probably include Mind Game, The Tatami Galaxy, and the reboot of Devilman Crybaby. I'm surprised. I thought you watched that, Mir. Yeah. Uh, it's... Um... <laughs> <laughs> you really sprung that on her, Jacob. It's... God, the opening theme is so good. And then everything else is like... You really, it's, like, it follows the same basic plot as the original Devilman, but it, there's, like, so much more sex and violence. I won't it's be the like, first to admit I know nothing about this series. I mean, it just sounds like the Netflix adaptation of Castlevania. I know the, the, the devil Devilman no Uta. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that song's really good. <laughs> That's all I know. I can't believe Ben sang on this series before I did. Oh, yeah. Is that really it? That can't be true. Rewind the tapes on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the as I said, the overarching plot and a few scenes are based off of the original manga, but a lot of it is actually original. I've seen... 
records that Hajime Yamano was involved in the process of this short film, but I haven't been able to corroborate it. The film opens with Nyako lying in bed sick and being taken away by the Japanese version of the City Garpa. I I apologize. I definitely mangled that. But that's all right. I respect the attempt. Something. I'm not going to try it. East Asian Buddhist symbol of death. Jizo in Japanese. Yes. But as she is being taken away, Nyato nearly drowns to death and has an out-of-body experience in which he manages to chase after them and retrieve half of her soul. The While Jizo hints that a flower is the key to restoring the full soul, as opposed to the comic where he just says, well, I'm just going to use this for fertilizer then. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, do you want to wait while whatever is going on with the sirens and stuff? Sorry. No, 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 no worries. Me. Just... That's, that's fine. I need to go. This has the effect of turning Nako into basically a shell. Nyata manages to drag around throughout the rest of the film, and after being sent on a errand by their mother, quests to get her soul back. And there is a lot of scenes that are unrelated to this goal. <laughs> Just sort of go from place to place. That's what spiritual journeys are like. You can't, True. You can't expect it to have one logical connection to the next part. Have you ever been on a spiritual it. journey? <laughs> there you I go. Haven't. That explains a lot. <laughs> uh, highlights include a circus which involves a woman getting cut up horrendously and a man able to make pretty much anything. Before the circus is flooded and they end up on an ark... With a pig, who they eat alive. Then God causes a drought. It's that kind of film. They're having an adventure. Yeah. The two journey on... Nyata loses a hand, and he just gets one sewn back on. And the fact that the person that does it has a shit ton of other cat pieces in her dwelling space is not touched upon. I feel like people they, have their hobbies. I feel like they noticed and were slightly disturbed by it, so they left. Yeah. Well, apparently the commentary refers to her as a nice lady, and that's just <laughs> where cats go when they need body parts. Yeah, I yeah. don't know why you're being so critical. She's doing them a service. Yeah. Uh, Are you going to go to, like, like a, a blood plant and be like, oh, what are they keeping all this blood here for? That's so <laughs> fucked up. 
A blood plant? You mean a blood bank? Yes. Look, we're alive. These mistakes happen. I'm dumb as fuck. <laughs> we can't. You say blood plant. I just immediately picture, like, a little shop of horrors sort of. If deal. you say, if you say Audrey, I'm gonna fucking go over there and. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's not just a musical. I was referring to the original movie. <laughs> <laughs> Furthermore, they end up in a. Haunted- Anyways, we're cutting all that. We're cutting all that out because I sounded really stupid. <laughs> that doesn't stop any of us. You're right. Here, let me give you a good sample of me saying uh, "bank," so you can go back and edit it in. Ready? Bank. Okay, cool. We're good now. <laughs> They end up in a Hansel and Gretel parallel where a creepy old man feeds them a ton of shit before trying to make literal cat soup out of them, which he tries to do the latter while in bondage gear for some reason. You don't know what he's into. I don't want to. Neither. He seemed interested in sharing it. Anyway, they escape and transfer us across the desert some more using an elephant that they managed to find made out of water. Around this point, I suppose the screenwriters realized they wrote themselves into a hole. I don't think they cared. True. Because God accidentally stops the flow of time. Because believe it's at this point he's trying to eat a planet and part of it just falls into the gears that make up time yeah tasty so they wander around like this very pretty time frozen sequence for god just decides to reverse it all and it gets very dark very quickly oh yeah right yeah it's, it's if i may say it's a real uh adam sandler's click moment <laughs> <laughs> That's worse than the imagery. That's worse than the actual imagery we're talking about. I, sorry, I needed to get that one in there at some point. Oh you were afraid that blood plant would make you sound stupid? <laughs> you, well, now you need to record yourself saying bank so you can go back and edit that in. I already said it. I was the one that corrected you. Okay, cool. I just figured you didn't want a cleaner sample, but, you know, you're the audio guy here. Wrapping up, this time-space anomaly manages to land them back on the Ark, where they eventually just find themselves in a steampunk clockwork forest, where they come across the flower, and in the first nice scene in any of these adaptations, Nyako gets her soul back. (laughs) And then they just go home. Never mind the fact that this... They were clearly out for a while doing what was ostensibly running an errand. Don't worry about it. 
but as the film ends, the family is shown together. But while Nyata leaves briefly, they all just disappear one by one. And then... <laughs> they had to go. So does the movie. Yep. Or, <laughs> it did. Or as I've seen several interpretations claim, you... Dun, dun, dun. Think about it, won't you? Hmm. Yeah, the short won an excellence prize in the animation division at the Japan Media Arts Festival, won Best hmm. Short Film at the Fantasia Festival, and the Silver Award for Animation at the New York Exhibition. I have seen a lot of interpretations about this film. The most common one is that it's about death, which is sort of a oh, giving... Yeah. Since it yeah. starts with a death. <laughs> I'll say. Yeah, it it starts with both of them dying, so yeah, it's kind of... I feel like that's not a very deep uh, <laughs> interpretation, I guess. Look, you gotta give them something. That's enough for, like, an A- in a college course, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Seem to... I feel, though, that a lot of it is just sort of under the shadow of the original author's suicide yeah. yeah well definitely i think that i mean i don't uh, to, i don't I, I don't oh, sorry go ahead oh no no, no just i don't want to like trivialize her 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 death or anything oh, of course or her not. suicide but it just sort of it does sort of feel like in a way it's like a thematic punctuation to a lot of the themes throughout the work you know of course from Interviews I've seen with her peers, she seemed to be exactly the sort of person that would make this kind of work. Very blunt, not very standard when it comes yeah. to social norms. Yeah. Like I said before, it's all extremely nihilistic. Yeah. And oddly enough, I feel like despite the fact that it takes more from the original manga than the anime did... This one actually has a different feel compared to everything else in the franchise. Even the... I mean, I can't comment on the other anime, but compared to the manga, definitely. It felt less bleak, I thought. Yeah. For sure. Okay. A good portion of it was the beautiful visuals, which are... Yeah. yeah. It, it, it is a beautiful film. If nothing else, yeah. watch it the for that. The manga itself is it's very, like, crude. Sketchy. Yeah, simplistic. <laughs> So's the anime. Right. But... Meantime, the OVA is a lot cleaner. Everything's a lot smoother. I mean, that's what happens when you get Masaaki Yuasa on there. Exactly. <laughs> to be fair, I'll be honest, I didn't like Mind Game. <laughs> I've never seen it, so I don't know. It had potential, it just didn't live up to it. I could say the but... same about Devilman Crybaby. <laughs> well then, underlying theme in Masaaki Yuasa's work. <laughs> Yeah, the final scene where everything just disappears, I find to be a fitting end to just sort of the world of Nekajiro. The fictional world, that is. It It is admittedly very hard to talk about, given that it was so closely tied to a person that... Yeah. I feel like that sort I mean, of thing I don't... was what they... They directly wanted to acknowledge that in the short yeah, film. I don't want to try to go too much into, like, 
psychoanalyzing them in the wake of their suicide or anything like that, because that just feels kind of tasteless. Exactly. I don't know. But I mean, you know, there's definitely there's definitely vibes of like, you know, societal discontent and, you know, a lack of personal fulfillment and all that throughout the manga, for yeah, sure. At one point, Nyako asks a character if he is God, to which he simply responds that he is a nihilist and there is nothing. Yeah, I guess a lot of it feels like very much the work of a person suffering mental illness and not really getting the support they need for it. Hmm. You don't really get to hear too much about Japanese counterculture, but I feel like this is sort of a good example of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it reflects a lot of the troubles that people were facing at the time. There was definitely... Mental health wasn't something that was so commonly spoken about at the time, but it was definitely... With increasing stress during that period, it was something that had become more of an issue. So I think part of the reason that it might have gotten a hold of people is it felt like it was a voice for those feelings that they didn't really see reflected a whole lot elsewhere. And I just guaranteed myself 10 more episodes of Jacob asking me to analyze things I, I in the context of Japanese society. That, I swear. <laughs> I, I was just talking about... Like I said, I mean, you that's... don't really see as much evidence of Japanese counterculture aside from the occasional, like, teenage punk represented in media. If you're looking traditionally, yeah. Nowadays, I think there's a lot more willingness to, ex- like, to explore those ideas. But if you're talking, like, turn of the millennium, it was a lot less common. Mental illness is really strongly stigmatized. Still to this day. Yeah, definitely. Be honest, I would probably not read the manga or watch the anime again. It's it is it's kind of haunting, honestly. Just some aspects. Thanks to how bleak it was, I could only do the research for this episode in five or ten minute intervals. Yeah, I mean, I think especially knowing the knowing the greater context of it is sort of it can weigh on you a bit. Yeah, I don't know what this says about me, but. I feel like I was significantly less bothered by the manga than you guys were. Hmm. I don't know why. I don't know. I just don't jive with that sort of bleakness so well. To be fair, the major point for me was the anime. That was just dark. Yeah, hmm. I, I haven't seen it. And I honestly don't know necessarily how it aired on television. <laughs> right. Some points. These kids have potty mouths. Despite that, I would actually probably revisit the short film. Yeah. As I said, I had seen it before, and when I rewatched it for this episode, I was actually surprised by the violence and bleakness. I remembered it for its imagery. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the OVA was particularly dismal. It's definitely bizarre, but a bit morbid and melancholy. Yeah, it's definitely melancholy. That's a good way of putting it. I don't think it feels as desperate as, like, the manga does. It's the more mainstream way of looking at it. I don't... I haven't read, I guess, a whole lot of the manga, but it didn't feel very melancholic or... um, There was a sort of straightforwardness, I guess, in in its... weirdness and like cruelty and i guess 
in a I way mean, that resonated with me. Yeah, the dissonant felt of... a lot more. The disconcerting aspect was how normal they were about it. I mean, yeah, it felt like a lot more gag based, but it was a really dark brand of the, comedy. Their Christmas yeah. episode had like I they, want to say like six after... fatalities. <laughs> yeah, they chase after some Christian missionary carolers with like a blowtorch or something. Which, yeah. I mean, I felt that. <laughs> but I mean, leading up to that, it was like I'd probably they were like. I'd probably chase off carolers with a blowtorch. <laughs> that's def- that's definitely fair. I, I I feel that too. But then it's like the leading up to it where they were hurling like you know historically loaded racial slurs at one another. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't remember that, but I am also not as well. I just read it, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm also not as knowledgeable about the general Japanese culture as you are. Yeah. I don't know. Again, may have been the translation. Yeah, yeah, it definitely depends on the translation. I would need to see it in the original Japanese to really be able to form more of a conclusion about it. There's so much about it where context is really important. So I have to admit, I'm maybe inferring a bit too much from how the translator chose to adapt it. People have spoken about it as being very crass. They did originally ask her to tone it down. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, overall, very... Dark and the sort of thing, at least from the era, that you didn't see coming out from Japan too often. But the OVA is beautiful and I think a fantastic capstone to the work as a whole. And that puts a capstone on this episode. <laughs> nice. That was a good one. Thank you for listening to It's Symbolic. If you have a suggestion for something for us to cover or just want to talk to us because we are desperate, desperate people. Maybe something a bit happier this time, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've covered two weeks in a row now. Works yeah. that involve suicide in some way or another. So I swear to God, that was not my intent. <laughs> we need to lay off the cats yeah. for a while. <laughs> <laughs> the damn cats. Ugh. Jesus. But... Next anyway, week's yeah. episode is going to be a less less of this. More fun. <laughs> uh, More lighthearted. Yeah. But if you like right. this, then let us know and there'll be more of it. Yeah. As I was saying, we're on Twitter at It's Symbolic PC, or we are reachable through email at It's Symbolic Podcast at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram if you want to see whatever we feel we can put regarding this subject in a good Ooh, Yeah, that's going to be a tricky one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but That'll you, be a fun one to work around. You can see that at It's Symbolic Podcast on Instagram. Anyway, I'm Jacob. I'm Mir. I'm Ben. Next week, on a very special episode of It's Symbolic, we're going to party on a college level. We had something we wanted to talk to you about. What? Sit down, please. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So I found the weeds in your locker, and we're very concerned. 
I didn't even know I had a locker. <laughs> for, this, for storing some... your weeds, yes. <laughs> is this some sort of sharing situation? Mir, Mir, is this your weed? Um... Mine is higher quality. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot.